0: Good morning. Our service of morning prayer begins on page 4 of the Book of Common
1: Prayer. From the rising of the sun, even unto the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. And in every place incense shall be offered unto my name, and a pure offering. For my name shall be great among the heathen, saith the Lord of hosts. Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion, put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem.
0: O Lord, open
1: thou our lips.
2: And our mouth shall show forth, thy praise.
1: Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost.
3: As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
1: Praise ye the Lord.
2: The Lord's name be praised.
1: Together the Venite on page 9. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Psalm 36 begins on page 383 of the
0: Book of Common Prayer.
1: My heart showeth me the wickedness of the ungodly, that there is no fear of God before his eyes.
3: For he flattereth himself in his own sight until his abominable sin be found out.
1: The words of his mouth are unrighteousness and full of deceit. He hath left off to behave himself wisely and to do good.
3: He imagineth mischief upon his bed, and hath set himself in no good way, neither doth he
2: abhor any thing that is evil.
1: Thy mercy, O Lord, reacheth unto the heavens, and thy faithfulness unto the clouds.
3: Thy righteousness standeth like the strong mountains, thy judgments are like the great deep.
1: Thou, O Lord, shalt save both man and beast. How excellent is thy mercy, O God! And the children of men shall put their trust into the shadow of thy wings.
3: They shall be satisfied with the plentiousness of thy house, and thou shalt give them drink of thy pleasures, as out of the river. For
1: with thee is the well of life, and in thy light we shall we see light.
3: O continueth forth thy loving kindness unto them that know thee, and thy righteousness unto them that are true of heart.
1: O let not the foot of pride come against me, and let not the hand of the ungodly cast me down.
2: There are they
3: fallen, all that work wickedness. They are cast down and shall not be able to stand.
1: Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the
3: Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be,
2: world without end. Amen. Here beginneth, The Ninth Chapter of the Book of Proverbs Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn out
3: of her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her meat. She has mixed her wine. She has also furnished her table. She has sent out her maidens. She cries out from the highest places of the city. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, Come, eat out of my bread, and drink out of the wine I have mixed. Forsake foolishness and live, and go in the way of understanding. Verse 13. A foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knows nothing, for she sits at the door of her house, on a seat by the highest places of the city, to call to those who pass by, who go straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And as for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, "Stolen water is sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant." But he does not
2: know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of hell. Here ended the first lesson.
1: Together the Benedictus says on page eleven. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. praised and exalted, above all, forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
2: Here beginneth the twelfth verse of the first book of Philippians. But I wanted you
3: to know, brethren, That the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. So that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to spread the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife and some also from goodwill the former preach christ from selfish ambition not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my chains but the latter out of love knowing that i am appointed for the defense of the gospel what then only that in every way whether in pretense or in truth christ is preached and in this i rejoice yes and will rejoice for i know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of jesus christ according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing i shall be ashamed but with all boldness as always till now also christ will be magnified in my body whether by life or death for to me to live is christ and to die is gain but if i live on in the flesh this will mean fruit from my labor yet what i shall choose i cannot tell for i am hard pressed between the two having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you.
2: And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you for all. For me, may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. Here endeth the second lesson.
1: Benedictus on page 14. In God, who dost govern all things in heaven and earth, mercifully hear the supplications of thy people, and grant us thy peace all the days of our life, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries Today we start our second day in St. Paul's letter to Philippi. This passage will be my focus this morning. First, what do we know about the church in Philippi? In Acts 16, Paul is traveling with Silas on his second missionary journey. While an Asian minor, Paul has a vision that calls him to Philippi, a Roman colony in northern Greece. That passage describes Philippi as the foremost city of that part of Macedonia. A century after Paul's letter, the continuing presence of the church is testified by an epistle to the Philippians by Polycarp, Bishop of Smyrna. When they get to Philippi, Paul and Silas meet Lydia, baptize her household, and stay with her. Throughout this epistle, Paul demonstrates a special place in his heart for the Philippian church. In our English text, the word joy appears four times in the verses. For example, in verse 4, which we heard yesterday, Paul says he prays with joy because of their faithfulness, while today he talks about their progress and joy of faith. I hear three distinct themes in these 15 verses. The first is the paradox of good outcomes and even joy coming from Paul's suffering. The world then and now would have trouble understanding Paul's joy. We've just heard he's in change, that is to say he's in prison. Here, Paul identifies several good results of being imprisoned. He testifies that his suffering is for the furtherance of the gospel and that he is already seeing such benefits because by his example his brethren in the Lord are much more bold to speak the word without fear. In this testimony, Paul demonstrates one of the counterintuitive, in fact, countercultural aspects of the first century church. But that paradox was there from the very beginning, a church that was founded by a king from the house of David who came to serve others whose greatest triumph, his eternally, eternal victory over death, came with his arrest and bloody execution. The second point is that when Paul writes, some 30 years after the church was formed, the church is already witnessing false prophets in its midst. Paul says, some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and that these preachers preach Christ from selfish ambition. In John 10, Jesus had warned his disciples to be alert against following a false shepherd who instead was a thief and a robber. And in this morning's Psalm, half of David's verses in Psalm 36 are calling for God's guidance and protection against the ungodly and unrighteous who are full of deceit and wickedness. So even among God's people, since the fall, there have been and always always will be those who are not what they seem and who will seek to deceive Only in the last eight verses, with his ambivalence about his own fate, Paul teaches us about the core tension of any Christian life. We are living out our life in this world to the fullest, but our true purpose and hope is in the next. If he lives, Paul celebrates that he can do more for the church, and in particular the Philippians, as he shares in the joy of the progress of their faith. At the same time, he expresses a desire to to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. After this letter is written, we know that Paul is released from imprisonment. For a few years, he resumes his missionary journey and writes his final contribution to scripture, the pastoral epistles to Timothy and Titus, before he's executed in Rome. Paul doesn't seek death, but he's clearly ready for it to come at any time. This equanimity in the face of martyrdom was perhaps the most countercultural aspect of the Christian church in the first century, or for that matter, now in the 21st. So we, like Paul, are called to be at peace no matter what our situation and no matter how many or few days we have left in this world. As often happens, this reminds me of a hymn. In this case, a 17th century German hymn written by Martin Rinkhart after living through the horrors of the Thirty Years' War. As translated in 1858 by Catherine Winkworth, the hymn, Now Thank We All Our God, expresses Pastor Rinkhart's gratitude for all the wondrous things he has done and his prayers for God's guidance in the future. In verse two of hymn 276 in our hymnal, we sing, O may this bounteous God through all our life be near us with ever joyful hearts and blessed peace to cheer us and keep us in his grace and guide us when perplexed and free us from all ills in this world and the next. Amen.
0: We now return to page 18 of the Book of Common Prayer.
1: O God, the Creator and Preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech Thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that Thou wouldst be pleased to make Thy ways known unto them, Thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for Thy Holy Church, universal, that it may be so guided and governed by Thy Good Spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit and the bond of peace and righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are anyways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. and by walking before Thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with Thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. Lord, grant us grace always to live in such a state that we may never be afraid to die, so that living and dying we may be Thine through the merits and satisfaction of Thy Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we offer up these our imperfect prayers.
3: Amen
1: The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the Fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all
0: evermore Amen Thank you for joining
1: us. Thank you to Brett and Brett for making this morning's worship possible.
2: Thank you both.